Roger Moore rank in your all-time Bond rankings? Oh, man, that's a really tough one, Roger Moore. I mean, how many Bonds have there been now? Six. Six, yeah, so uh, probably six. He's last for you? <laughs> Maybe. I Worse think than George Lazenby? Okay, no, he's got to be five. I don't even know who George Lazenby is. He was in one. He was only in one movie. Okay, no. It's he, actually one of the best movies. He's just not, there's not much good. to him. Okay. He's like the wooden bond. The wooden bond. No, they all have, they all have an adjective descriptor oh, for and, all of them. And he's described as the wooden bond? Uh, don't quote me on that. I but know yeah. I know Timothy Dalton is the angry bond. What's uh, Roger Moore? The campy bond. The campy bond. You can that, figure that yeah, out. Yeah, that's pretty angry. Yeah, okay, that's fair. He's, he's real campy. Extremely campy. So what are we doing here? We're talking about Moonraker. Yeah. Welcome to Bad Movies and Beer. I'm Cooper. I'm Nolan. And yeah, this is, in my opinion, the worst James Bond movie. I don't have a history of watching a lot of Bond movies. Oh, you like, seen them all? I don't know the back catalog really well. I grew up through the Pierce Brosnan Bond era. Yeah, there so. are some bad ones in there too. Like if I did a top five, or I guess bottom five worst Bond movies, I think realistically at least two, maybe three of them would be Pierce Brosnan would be Bond movies. Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, there is some awful ones throughout there. So I, I know kind of the Bond shtick, but I, I don't know all the tropes and some of this stuff. So some of my ignorance might come across as we talk about this today. That's all right, man. They're, you know, the more than you watch, the more you start to notice things in common. But this is just, it's not even... Of all, it, it feels the least like a Bond movie in a lot of ways because of just some of the subject matter. Is this because they tried to make it an homage to all of the popular s- space movies? Oh, the time? it directly uh, responds to Star Wars. This is yeah. the thing. This is actually <laughs> the interesting thing about the Bond movies, and there's been so many over the years to a long period of time, is you can look at them and get a real idea of sort of where the world was often politically because whoever the bad guys are will tell you who like America and England were kind of in conflict with, but also culturally. So this one is like a couple years after star Wars. It's a huge reaction to the star Wars, like space craze. There's right. One of Roger Moore's early ones, maybe his first one is basically a black exploitation movie because those are becoming popular. So it's really? got a lot of black characters. The parts are like set in new Orleans. Like it's so there's you know, tonally there's that. Well, yeah, it's I a real. I could, I could definitely tell. Like I wrote down in my notes when we get to the space section of this movie, this is like the most garbage Star Wars I have ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a reason that we are discussing this here today. <laughs> so we're watching Moonraker, and the beer we are drinking today is it's called Laser Show, which is yeah. definitely appropriate. Uh, double IPA from uh, Left Field Brewery in Toronto. You've had this before, right? I have. Uh, I really like Leftfield. Uh, a lot of their beers really appeal to me. They've done some great IPAs and other beers too. So a strong Toronto brewery at their craft brewery. And as a non-IPA lover, they have a couple of sours that are really nice. And they also have a... Actually, they have a micro IPA I like a lot. So it has a little bit of like pale ale flavor, but it's only like 3.8 or 3.2% alcohol. So nice. really very crushable. Um, Beautiful. So yeah. this one's not crushable at 8%, but uh, oh, we're going to yeah. enjoy it as we go through here today. Or at least I'm going to enjoy it. Well, let's uh, let's get into it. Correct. So, after the traditional 007 gun intro, we open up on a plane that is transporting like a space shuttle. (laughs) Yeah, this is ridiculous. Already out of the gate, we have like a 747 with a space shuttle strapped to its back. 
I don't know a lot about how space shuttles are transported, but I'm assuming this is not the way they are normally <laughs> moved from place to place. I didn't research it, but this felt really strange to me as well. Inside the shuttle, two compartments open up and we see a couple of stowaways who activate the shuttle and take off, which of course blows up the plane because of the exhaust. And we've got the title of the movie just like two minutes in. I thought you would love this. Yeah, right on, on the side of that uh, stolen space shuttle. Moonraker. Yeah, I was like, perfect. There's a point from Cooper right I there. I mean, yeah, that one's yeah. kind of it's sort of an easy way to shoehorn it in when it's just named this the name of the shuttle. But yeah. hey, I'll take it. Then we get the MI6 director who's asking where James Bond is. And the response is he's on his last leg. And then we cut to James Bond, Roger Moore, just <laughs> sliding his hand up some woman's leg. Yeah, he's immediately which, kissing uh, a woman or attempting to kiss a woman <laughs> on a plane. Perfect. Uh, the 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 sort of like sexual the sexual innuendo in the Roger Moore Bond movies is very strong. He's not afraid to jive right into it. And some of the cutaways in this movie from someone makes a comment cutting away to like the sexual sight joke. They're so prominent. Good stuff. They lean into it really hard. Oh, and it's definitely. Yeah. So she's a flight attendant, but not really. She pulls a gun on Bond and the pilot tells him that they're going to let him crash in the plane. There's a bit of a fight. Bond chucks the pilot out of the plane, but then Jaws appears and pushes Bond out. And this is where I first um, I'm very confused about what's going on because Jaws is basically like seven feet tall and has very shiny metal teeth. How is he not noticed inside this <laughs> tiny plane? <laughs> How did he hide? Uh, yeah, was he inside the cockpit, but hiding behind the door when it opened? There was no way you could fit Jaws behind there. No, if this was an actual plane cockpit and not like a set on a movie studio yeah. where he could just walk in and out of, there's no fucking way. But there he is, sneaks up on Bond somehow, pushes him out. And now Bond is in free fall, but he manages to do that thing where you straighten your body out so you drop faster. And Clearly, he, Bond is an amazing skydiver, right? It's I think he's had some lessons. Yeah. He or at least he understands like physics. He catches up with the pilot, steals his parachute, and now the pilot is just toast. He's dead. And I think we get the unless I'm mistaken, is this the Wilhelm scream? Yeah, uh, possibly. I think it is. Yeah, I think so. Which would that be considered a Star Wars reference? Oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So now Bond is in the clear, except Jaws. Jaws is now free-falling after Bond as well. He's about to catch him. Bond pulls his parachute, and Jaws goes flying past him. Jaws pulls his parachute, and it's a dud. Because Jaws, despite being menacing, is also a very large proponent of slapstick comedy. Yeah, <laughs> it is true. Throughout the movie, they add a lot of humor in through Jaws' actions. And it's ridiculous. Right before Bond pulls the parachute, you see the very first attempt of Jaws trying to bite somebody. Yep. Just ridiculous. These ri like I don't know <laughs> what they've shoved in this like monstrous actor's mouth, but you see it appear and him try to take the biggest bite out of Bond's leg. And that comes up over and over again. Yeah, well, I mean, you don't, you know, you don't make a character like Jaws and not have him bite stuff. I guess, That's but his... does he ever successfully bite someone? Uh, yes. Okay. I feel fairly confident that you don't, that you don't see it because it'd be extremely gory, but I'm pretty sure he does. <laughs> he does. He lays it. You don't see him way. toweling off the blood yeah, afterwards yeah, you either. you don't see that happen. Oh, uh, he falls into a circus tent and we are led to believe he might be dead. He's not. He's not dead. He's, no. he's completely invulnerable. He's immortal. I, I've decided after watching this movie that Jaws is somehow immortal. So we get the theme song. It's Moonraker, sung by Shirley Bassey, who's an old pro at these Bond themes. She's done, I think, like three of them. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, she's just it. When I when I hear, I can only imagine her singing Bond themes. If I ever heard her sing a different song, I would just imagine that it was a theme song to a James Bond movie that I hadn't seen. Yeah, it'd have to be. Um, 
this is some of my Bond uh, naivete coming up here. Where all of the Bond openings have like misty naked women floating around. Oh, yeah, the silhouettes? Yeah. 100%. Okay. Because I was like, is this like because it's in the 70s, there's all these naked women floating around and doing spins and stuff in the like weird close ups and all kinds of smoke and stuff. I was like, I'm confused. But this is all Bond? Well, yeah, I, th- I believe it started as a way to show that he's kind of like a ladies' man, right? And then just it became tradition. So now, even though it's a little out of place in you know 2015 or whatever the last Bond movie was, does it happen in it. the last Bond movie? Don't quote me on it, but I'm 99 percent sure. Okay, I don't. I, think I feel like at this point you can't do it without you can't make a Bond movie without having some it, kind the, of the credits wouldn't seem the same, yeah, right? Okay. Without without the naked lady silhouettes, you got to have it. <laughs> so Bond is being briefed after the credits after of course he flirts with the old ass money penny she is <laughs> getting older yeah well doesn't she keep going in all of the movies like how do they explain so that? she it's she is the same money penny from the very first bond movie with sean connery yeah and she doesn't make it to the pierce brosnan ones okay but she sticks it out with roger moore so by the last roger moore movie the two of them are way up there it's like watching my grandparents flirt it's kind of weird man <laughs> i don't know so He's being briefed in the shuttle disappearance. He heard it crashed and blew up. But when they show him the most secret footage, I love that. It's his most secret. It's the top secret. The British. Good stuff. It shows no shuttle. So Bond is going to California where the shuttle is manufactured to investigate. And he'll be taking with him a dart shooting watch. Oh, yeah. This is the first appearance of Q, I think his name is, right? It definitely. Um, and they spend a lot of time showing this watch, so you know it's going to come up uh, as a pretty significant tool later in the movie. Absolutely. The darts are of the stun and fatal variety, so he can change it up depending on what he needs. He lands in California and gets helicoptered to the Drax estate by the lovely Corinne, who tells him about Mr. Drax that what he doesn't own, he doesn't want. Yeah, they sort of start floating in and they come in on this like a um, ridiculous mansion that apparently he's brought in from France. Like he's brought everything over. Yes, but they would not let him bring in the Eiffel Tower. Yes, he, he, owns, it. he owns it, yeah. but yeah, he didn't bring it over. It's at about this time, like while this is all happening, a question came to my mind that I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. Is Elon Musk a Bond villain? I think he's the closest thing to one in real life. Because the entire time I see Drax and the entire time I'm seeing this happen, all I can think is Elon. Like, I feel like <laughs> either Elon Musk is a real Bond villain and like in real life or he loves the Bond movies and has like sculpted his life to sort of be this. He might just love this Bond movie because he has some of the same concerns about the state of the planet that Drax does. Yeah. He's talking about going to space. He wants to go to Mars it, or whatever. It like, made this me is... think that Drax, like that Elon is sculpted after Drax and I thought that was pretty interesting I wonder yeah maybe he is the biggest fan of Moonraker (laughs) the only fan of Moonraker (laughs) he also sees the hangars and production facilities and then he meets Drax and I don't know how you felt about Drax but I've seen I've seen all the Bond movies Drax is not he's not up there in terms of Bond villains this guy is so goddamn wooden yeah, he was really unimpressive. Like, they start out with him playing a piano to some beautiful women. And then when he spins around on the piano, was, I was expecting sort of an impressive person. Not a, like, hangdog dude with a <laughs> jowly face and, and a garbage no charisma. facial hair. God yeah, damn, he, he is awful. the man that charisma forgot. He is just, I, like, uh, you expect the Bond villains to have these kind of grandiose speeches. And he does at the end of the movie, but like it, it's usually entertaining and it draws you in and he's just so very monotone. I with wrote everything more than one time in my notes, probably about seven times that he was the worst actor in this movie. And that's saying a lot. 
I don't even know if you can say that he's the worst actor because he's not even acting. He's just he's just reading lines. He was really bad. He's just not horrible. good. I, I was not convinced at him being a big... I would rather it have been Elon Musk. I wish they could have cast <laughs> Elon Musk in this role. I mean, he's more animated at least. That'd yeah. be something. Anyway, Drax believes that the conquest of space represents the future of the human race. He sends Bond on a tour of the facilities or of the mansion, and then he immediately reveals himself as being evil. Look after Mr. Bond. See that some harm comes to him. Which is actually a pretty enjoyable line. Yeah, I wrote that I wrote that down too. I thought that was pretty fun. I guess his associate's name is Char, right? And he became the sort of stereotypical evil Asian villain. Yeah, oh, yes. Oh, especially Very later, quickly. for sure. Yeah. So on his tour, Bond meets Dr. Holly Goodhead, and she's a... <laughs> I had to stop and laugh right now. I, I wanted to rewind the, the DVD because I was like, there's no way they named her Goodhead. She's, she's an astrophysicist <laughs> from NASA. <laughs> you would have to change your name. Now, so I laughed a lot at this movie. Oh I don't know if God. I was supposed to. I think uh, this one was intentional. So, like, I think dude, they got to say, right? Like, always, really, come on. Yeah. There's a character named pussy galore in one of these movies yeah, but no. i was just like holly oh, goodhead how are you trying to build up she, this nasa like physicist astronaut oh yes and she is as you said she is on loan from nasa she shows him around and then bond gets into the g-force simulator but drax's henchman cranks it up to 11 and bond almost dies now he manages to escape after shooting a dart from the watch that shorts out the controls but i have several questions about this first of all why weren't there numbers on the dial why was it just a random dial? Actually, I did a lot of thinking through this scene because it was hilarious seeing the sort of science that they had created to make this G-Force thing. Yep. Um, to show the Gs, there was like a tube filled with liquid that was slowly moving up, kind of like a thermometer. And I was like, there's <laughs> got to be a better way. Is that I'm not know. sure. It seemed <laughs> awful. Why was there none? I have no idea. Maybe it was supposed to be a first of a digital readout that wasn't working. I don't okay, know next good. question. Okay. Why are there controls in the car of the G-Force simulator? Because as we see, Bond can't move his arms. You could turn it on, but you'd never be able to turn it off. Why are those controls even in there? Well, there was sort of the button that was supposed to allow him to shut it off right under his hand, which right. makes sense. But the rest of the stuff on there, maybe you should be able to read what's happening to you. I don't know. But you shouldn't be able to control it. Okay. So here's here's now my final question. Yes. You're going to build this thing so astronauts can test out their resistance to G-force. G-force. Yeah. Why build it to go at a speed that will kill a man? What's the point of that besides being an elaborate way to kill James Bond or put James Bond's life at risk? That's a good question. The only reason you would do it is if you are an evil villain and you want to see someone that's, that way. Right? Like, I know that's true. No, yeah. There's no reason like, for this it. This would never exist at NASA or it shouldn't. Like you would never make it go that fast. No. You're right. It is strange. The acting uh, like during that event was really bad too. Him trying to show he was experiencing G-forces was extremely laughable. Yeah, he got some good facial expressions yeah, in there. Oh, my God. He manages to escape, but he's going to need a few minutes. Later on, we see him looking suave in a black shirt with an enormous collar because that was just the time. And he uh, pumps Corinne for some information. Yeah, literally pumps her. Yeah, this is the first sex that he has in the movie. He sleeps with everybody. Not the only sex. Um, oh, no, God, no. no. He definitely goes in there and throws on the charm and seduces her rather easily. It I takes nothing. Say. Yeah, I was like, oh. Who is he, on. Nick Cage in Face Off? He just walks in the room yeah, and the ladies exactly. are like, it does yeah. feel like that. I, I Man, feel alive. like maybe now that that character from Face Off was kind of taken from Bond, I was like, oh, yeah. I think okay. at this point, yeah. you've connected every movie that we've watched to some other movie that we've watched. It has to it's be. Just, they're all, they're yeah, all related. They all connect somehow. Apparently, some secret things are being built and or transported to a secret location. 
That's what Corinne tells him. After he nails her, he snoops around for more information, finds some plans and schematics in a safe. Now, you haven't seen a lot of Bond movies, but I will tell you that, generally speaking, any woman who helps James Bond, if she works for the bad guy and helps Bond... She's dead. She's for sure. I kind of started to get the drift of that in this very quickly, right? She's pretty fucked right away. Yeah. The henchman spots them, and the next day on a hunting trip, Drax gets a signal that Bond is on his way, and that signal is the theme from 2001, A Space Odyssey, the starting part played on the horn. Oh, yeah. So there's one of your first references. Yep. Drax gives him a gun for this hunt, and off they go. Bond aims at one point, fires, and misses, Mm. or does he... We see that a sniper falls out of the tree that Bond shot towards, so he kind of escapes, much to Drax's chagrin. Unfortunately, Corinne does not escape. Drax literally sicks the dogs on her. Yeah, he just sends some hounds after. I actually thought that this scene where the dogs were chasing her through the woods was quite well done. Like, it was very dramatic, like, good music. I felt like the cinematography and the camera work was quite good. Um, so I actually enjoyed that scene as I was like tense, worried about obviously knowing what's going to happen to her. Um, they cut away and do a really nice like bell toll transition. Too. Yeah. yeah. Now, here's here's why I did not enjoy that scene. You realize that as he releases the hounds and she runs away, she runs right past a golf cart that she could have used to drive away from the hounds, <laughs> opting instead just to run for it and just dies a yeah, very gruesome death. It's true. She She didn't do something very smart she's right past yeah, it yeah. it's like a running car right there and she's like take watching friday the 13th again yeah. oh yeah, yeah that's right up there so with this new information bond goes to italy which was the source of some of the drax glass from the photos that he took he investigates the glass manufacturer also in italy for some reason dr holly goodhead <laughs> yeah bond kind of chases a woman for a little bit and it took me a minute until like he gets to see the front of her before we realized it was goodhead again you thought he was just like just stalking after yeah some, well he just like, looked like the suspicious lady but i was like what is happening all and right of course goodhead is there yeah that's her she's gonna she, give a seminar she is that's why she's there it's to an international space organization they decide to meet later on for a drink at this point Bond takes a gondola ride. I was going to ask this. I was like, are those boats called gondolas uh, in Venice? And I thought they were. Yes, I believe. But I think the source of confusion is gondolas are also the name of like those cable cars that Which go comes up and up down later. Mountains. I was so confused. I, I was like, double gondola. Uh, yeah. So anyway, okay. but Bond's in this boat ride and there's a different boat with a guy hiding in a coffin. He pops out of a coffin and throws knives at Bond and misses horribly. He misses so wildly. Whoever hired this guy to kill Bond, they couldn't find a better knife thrower. Like, was this guy an amateur? He did no experience. <laughs> and the, why, yeah. the knives were in, like, a display. Why wouldn't he just have the knives with him in the coffin? Why did he have such a dramatic boat to come and try to assassinate him? Like, if he was in a regular gondola, he could have just knived him super well, yeah, easily. that's a great point. Why does he even need to be in a coffin? Yeah, it was ridiculous. He <laughs> came out like Dracula out of the coffin, throws and misses. And doesn't Bond throw it back and immediately kill him? Yes, that's <laughs> what happens. <laughs> it yep. took, like, no time. I was like, this. This was the worst. Yeah, the whole the, the whole thing's strange. If you're on a gondola ride and there's another gondola passing by with a dude in it, you'd just be like, oh, there's another guy in a gondola. He doesn't need to be in a coffin and pop out as a surprise. The better surprise would be an ordinary looking dude. Yeah. Not a coffin that's beside a knife display. Like, it was ridiculous. Um, well, speaking of ridiculous. Yeah, well, we started to the chase. Yeah. Oh, yes, because Bond activates a secret set of controls that turned the gondola into a speedboat. Which was amazing. It was okay, really, but yeah. now, but now I have to ask. Is this like an MI6 gondola? Has to be. There's no why, other choice. Why Q is it there and why is he on it? 
Well, because I guess he, on the way to Venice, told Q he needed some kind of boat to help him. Why is he on it right now? Why is he currently on the yeah. gondola? What what part of his mission requires him at this moment to be on the fancy gondola? Speed chases, uh, or sorry, boat chases are popular by audiences. So it's required. <laughs> That's all it is. There's no <laughs> logical reason why any of this yeah. is happening. This brings us back oh. to uh, face off again for me, right? The, boat the, chase. the boat chase for no reason. It had but, to happen. So, so they're, they're, they're racing along and he's running out of space. So he activates another set of controls, oh and now the gondola turns into a car, and he drives away on yeah, land. It was a hovercraft. I couldn't believe it. This oh. far, I laughed. And as soon as the hovercraft takes land, they have this really weird moment where a pigeon oh, does Jesus. a double take. Did you see that? Too? Of course I did. I haven't written <laughs> down here like, capital letters. Pigeon double take. What the fuck? <laughs> I was like, what was that choice? You would never. Uh, I say this with all sincerity. You think about. You've seen some of the Daniel Craig Bond movies, right? Yeah. There's no fucking way. If they oh. were like, Daniel, we're going to put a pigeon double take in here, Daniel Craig would be like, I fucking quit. Fuck yeah. you. <laughs> Sean Connery would not have allowed a he pigeon double take. He would punch the cinematographer if they this even suggested a, it, right? Like, it was the, so It's the insane. Roger Moore. It's the campiness, man. Oh, yeah, I a couldn't goddamn believe it. pigeon yeah. does a double take well, because... And you know what? To be fair, if I just saw a gondola turn into a speedboat and then turn into a fucking car, I'd do a double take too. I agree, but the pigeon was hilarious. I, I laughed oh. my ass off at the pigeon. I also laughed my ass off at like there was this boatswan like a guy who was putting a couple across yep and he did one of those like of course when your boat gets split and you keep like rowing while you're sinking <laughs> into the water and i laughed i was yeah. like okay thank you oh man so later on bond follows a scientist into a secret lab and the way he's able to enter the secret lab is because the keypad has a goddamn tone there's oh a, yeah there's a, there's a like what would you that's so impractical each key makes a different sound you can just hear anyone open it and just duplicate it and second space reference it's the theme from Close Encounters yeah. of the Third Kind. I was going to ask you. That's what I thought. Definitely it is. Yeah. What a stupid fucking combination lock. Oh. You could not manufacture a worse lock. Beep, beep, Anybody beep. with an earshot can yeah. just like know no, the code. and get in right Fuck away. Fuck's sakes. Yeah. This is a bullshit organization. <laughs> <sighs> Inside, he finds vials of a mysterious liquid. And when one of the vials breaks, the scientists die because they contain deadly gas. But strangely... It's not deadly to the lab rats, only to the humans. I noticed that as well. Um, and I thought that was strange. I was like, are they engineering something to kill off the human race? Is what I started to feel. Yes, you, yeah. you are correct. <laughs> That's what's happening. Yeah. Bond leaves and he is attacked by a samurai. So there's the racist stereotype it's you were getting earlier. Right? Yeah, it's it the same is. henchman. Drax's henchman. Yeah. They fight in the glass museum and break literally everything i laughed so hard <laughs> while this fight was happening because early in the in the film you see him go through the glass museum and they take a lot of time to have someone talk about the million dollar piece oh, of they glass set it up there. so well oh my god yeah. and they literally smash everything in that thing they're both throwing each other through it and bond even picks it up thinking about throwing it at char puts it back down to be like i don't want to smash this million dollar thing and char just it takes it apart oh, anyway i know yeah. i love it i thought this was pretty funny and i enjoyed this fight for sure how much did you enjoy it at the end when bond throws him out of a tower and he goes through a piano and then roger moore in one of his most roger moorey lines yeah. basically looks at the camera and says play it again play sam. it again sam. Oh, yeah i loved it <laughs> i thought it was ridiculous right through the clock tower window and through the piano. I thought it was pretty funny. Oh, he's unbelievable. Ugh. He also, in the course of this, he finds some boxes that are marked for Rio de Janeiro, which tells him where to go next. Yep. He thinks that Holly Goodhead set him up, so he goes to confront her. And it turns out she's not just an astrophysicist with a fucking hilarious name. She works for the CIA. 
Yeah. Uh, he sort of goes into her room and starts detecting all of these cool tools that she has that the American government has given her. Yeah, it could only be it's similar spy technology. So he knows that she's more than she seems. They have sex and then Bond slinks off in the night. The next day, he brings the MI6 brass to the secret lab, but it's gone. Drax has been able to clean it all yeah. up in a, a matter of eight hours. And he's or in there. Drax is in there. He's playing it cool. Can I help you? And Bond now looks ridiculous, but he shows his boss the gas. And his boss is like, so there was an auditory. <laughs> yeah, as if Bond would bring him there for no reason. Well, and as if you'd go there for no reason. He fucking flies yeah. all the way there and he's like, I never really thought there was a laboratory. Why is what surprised? I didn't understand is why did the Minister of Defense come to see this and why is he friends with Drax? I think Drax, I think in the same way that a lot of very wealthy people contribute to political things, mm-hmm. charity stuff, I'm sure Drax is involved in some money. He's got some the, connections to the... He's got fingers in many when pies. When would the Minister of Defense ever come to see a weird secret laboratory? Rather than just send the head of this secret agency, I was really confused yeah. Like about the, that. the minister wouldn't just trust the head of MI6. Yeah. Why would he yeah. come himself to this thing and be embarrassed with Drax? Maybe he just really him. loves Italy. Yeah, a chance to go a to chance Italy. to go to Venice, right? I guess yep. so. That and makes now sense. Bond is off to Rio. Yeah. Meanwhile, Drax is looking for a replacement for his henchmen, so we get a nice little airport cutaway of Jaws going through a metal detector at the airport. He's not dead. He triggers the metal detector yeah. immediately, but they just wave him through after he smiles and shows his giant, scary metal teeth. Now, to be fair, this was pre-9-11, so, <laughs> yeah, that's, so you know. yeah, it would have happened like that. Sure, yeah. right through. I was surprised there were metal detectors, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Bond arrives in Rio and checks into the president's suite where he meets his contact, who you'll never believe it, is a sexy lady. Manuela. And he immediately nails her. Just right away. Did they have sex right away? Oh, right away. Yes, sir. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't write that down. It happened. Later that night, they go check out an import-export company whose initials he saw in the boxes. Bond goes in to investigate, but Jaws in a giant clown costume from some, like, parade. Uh, so I actually really liked the atmosphere of this scene or this setup because I think it was right in the middle of Carnival. Yes. So they took like the Brazilian Carnival and then they were trying to like squeeze their way through. And that's where they have all the cool sort of floats and other things yep. happening. And one of the characters in the float was this giant clown who ends up being Jaws. Yep. Now, yeah. this is the thing about the Bond movies that is that one of the reasons why they are so successful is they do present a lot of exotic locales where if you're someone who has never been able to travel or has never had the chance to travel to these places, you kind of get a window into like some of the cultural stuff of the actual locations, which is cool. I admit Jaws comes out of this clown costume and he goes to kill the girl, but he's temporarily thwarted by some partiers who kind of dance into the alley. Yeah. They dance them all yep. the way out of there. But, no, but then first, the first the oh, partiers great. leave, then Bond kind of gets down there and they're fighting it out. He thwarts him. But then some more partiers show up and then Jaws just dances away with the partiers. Yeah. This was the second <laughs> so time strange. in the movie that Jaws tries to bite someone and gets thwarted. Yeah. Like, they keep teasing that shit, close right? The deal. Yeah. They keep just teasing close the, the, deal. the big open mouth. And so Bond actually saves Manuela. We don't see his like most recent sex uh, partner get killed. No, because she doesn't work for the henchman. When you work oh. for the henchman and you sleep with James Bond, it's you're over. signing your own death warrant. Okay. I hope it was worth it. I mean, you know, we can speculate. <laughs> so Bond, using a clue that he found in the import-export business, goes looking for Drax's airfield where he finds Dr. Holly Goodhead again. She's yeah. just everywhere. They both decide to look from the same like telescope area at the airfield to see what's happening. Clearly, she has the same information as him, and she's not sharing it, and he's finding it independently, and then she's yeah. already, just one step ahead of him. They have a pretty good conversation here where they're like joking about working together and how Bond left and how she was already on a plane like immediately after. Yeah, she knows what's up. So 
they take a cable car ride down the mountain, also oh. known as a gondola. More gondolas. Yeah. yeah, this was funny. I laughed at that. But Jaws, who is back in action here, stops the cable car halfway down, then bites through the steel cable. He one bites it. Oh. One attempt. <laughs> I know. Bites through the cable, but it kind of does nothing. So he wasn't hesitating to bite this cable. He hesitated every time he was about to kill a human with his mouth. But the cable, he one bites, and the, it doesn't fall. It yeah. just sort of hangs there. But it was already stopped. It was already hanging there. Yeah, I don't understand why that sort of happened. Maybe they just wanted Jaws to get a win. Like, let's, let's let this guy bite something. Well, and then what happens to Jaws? Where, where, how does he... So he gets in another cable car yeah. and rides up to meet them, and they end up fighting on top of this cable car. Bond locks Jaws in the car and then slides down the cable with Dr. Holly Goodhead on like a chain. And now the guy... There's a guy in the control room helping Jaws, and he sends down the car with Jaws in it after Bond and Goodhead, and it's going faster and faster and faster. Almost until, catching them the yeah. entire time. But then they just let go of the chain, and meanwhile, they can't stop the car, so Jaws smashes into a building, but of course, he's fine. Yeah. Not so, only is he fine... Oh, what are you going to say? Oh, <laughs> so this part was ridiculous. I, I just want to mention one thing. The gondola fight was awful. I think they thought it was going to be good, but the special nope. effects were horrible. Nope. When you see Jaws jump from one gondola to the other, it might be some of the worst stunt work I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, and well, in the in the, in the close up scenes where it's Roger Moore and Jaws fighting, it's clearly they're clearly not on top of the cable car. No, like yeah. there were oh, stuntmen yeah. up there, but when you yeah. get the close ups of Moore and Jaws, it is very apparent they are not on top of that cable car. It's awful. But after the car blasts through the sort of cable car gondola station taking out the guy who was controlling it yep you see jaws emerge and kind of get helped up by a weird german schoolgirl. i was like well, she's now, got she's got braids in her she hair has the pigtails her breasts are out like she's wearing oh, yeah, a, it's a very low cut yeah, dress like yeah. a strange german giant glasses outfit. yeah giant glasses and then all of a sudden the most romantic love theme yeah. music pops on <laughs> it was something out of like a weird cartoon it's that stereotypical romantic music yeah. that yeah and and the two of them lock eyes they're clearly in love and fall in love Madly and i was like love. what the fuck just happened Josh, you know what Josh should just kept that costume on because he's a fucking clown in this whole goddamn movie oh my god so well yeah they fall he is he, they fall in love and at this point i'm thinking to myself well Josh has found love so drax needs another henchman because it's picture? over yeah. right like he's just gonna go drax have sex is gonna with be so German disappointed yeah yeah exactly Oh, man. So now that they're free and clear, Bond goes to put the moves on Holly Goodhead, but they get grabbed by some of Drax's goons disguised as paramedics. Yeah. How does Drax have the Brazilian paramedics under his thumb? I mean, he's stupid rich. If you're I that rich, so. you, you can, can have whatever yeah, you, you want. If you're you on rich, it just doesn't matter. There you go. Yeah. So there's a little fight in the ambulance as Bond breaks free, but he gets ejected from the ambulance. And so does one goon whose gurney gets lodged in a billboard. We get a nice little product placement for British Airways. Although he looks like a cigarette out of the mouth of the British Airways person, too. So I think they're trying yep. to make it comedic. It was kind of funny. Well, I mean, yeah, sure. So now we have James Bond on horseback. He finds an MI6 base with everyone from England. And Q is there testing out some of those, like, you know, it's, I don't know what it's called. It's not called, like, a bolo. Or is it called a bolo? Yeah, it is a bolo. Okay. And yeah. it's got the two balls on the end of the, yeah, like, the thingy balls, scroll. The and he's holding them. And Roger Moore <laughs> just... Ah, there you are, 007. Balls, Q. <laughs> yeah, this was weird to me. Like, it it's almost so cuts, it cuts to, like, a Three Amigos moment with, like, three guys riding on horseback into a monastery. And then it's clear... 
that this monastery is not really a monastery. Nope. They start peeking into doors and they see someone shooting a laser. They see some guys, monks yeah, doing that, martial arts. Our, that's our first glimpse of the laser. It's going to be very prominent later on. And it's the reason why we're drinking laser show today. Exactly. Uh, lasers do become a prominent part of this movie. Oh, yes, sir. Ridiculously so. So Q tells him that the gas that Bond found is an extremely poisonous plant compound that's deadly to humans but not to animals which kind of plays into what you were saying earlier about getting rid of the human race, but not, you know, messing with the planet. And then Q gives Bond another boat and immediately we're at another boat chase. Yeah, I wrote this down. I was like, boat chase again. Fucking so many Love boat it. chases. Yeah. Bond is trying to evade capture on his way to Drax's lair. He runs out of room when he sees a waterfall, but ejects via a hang glider. So this is awesome. I do have to come back a second. What were all of the people chasing him wearing? Did this pop up for you or did you notice? Are they in the, like the short shorts, like the like the this? It looks like kind of like tennis wear from like the nineteen sixties. Or am I wrong? Yeah, no, you're right. But it was all these ridiculous yellow tennis suits, and it's I was the like, outfit. Yeah, and I yeah. was like, what the hell is this garbage? I, I was laughing so hard, and then of course Jaws is in one of those boats too, chasing sure. down. And I was upset. I was like, Jaws found love. Why is he back chasing him? He's got a, He's a man of his word. He signed a contract. Maybe. I, I don't know. I guess so. But yeah, then he goes into the hang glider, which was Plus hilarious. Bond does, but Jaws yeah. is not able to eject from his boat. So he basically has what should have been his third death. He's immortal. We already talked about yeah. this. He should, he should he be dead die. three times already, yeah. at least. He can fall off 100 feet waterfalls, no problem. He can, and he does. Bond, Bond lands with his hang glider and sees the hot lady. So he follows her to Drax's lair (laughs) where there are even more hot ladies. (laughs) Why would you not just trust following a hot woman, right? He's James Bond. He's, he's got, you know, he's got his mission, but he's also got his mission. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he, there's also a booby trap that launches bond into the water and we get the Python attack. Yeah, this was awesome. God Bond, damn it. Bond versus snake. Bond versus a fucking giant rubber snake that doesn't actually move unless the stuntman is like twisting it as he moves. It was a poorly puppeted oh. python for sure. There were a couple scenes where it looked like it was almost wrapping around him. Uh, but then, then we get like almost another cliche where we see the pen is mightier than the sword again. Yep. He stabs it, stabs the python, and that's it. Python's dead. Bond is free. Jaws is waiting to help him out of the water, though, because you just can't fucking kill that guy. And now we get the master plan. Drax wants to start a new Earth with only the hottest people. <laughs> We're going to make yeah. a sexy planet, guys. Oh, my God. They start showing some footage that is clearly some of the worst fake space footage you've ever seen. I was just so distraught at the videos that they were showing Pond during this point. Yeah, they like unlike other space movies that invested a little bit into making it seem realistic, this is not really. No. Not doing it. It's going to get worse. Ah, so Drax had to hijack his own shuttle it turns out because of a problem with one of the ones he was going to use. And then Jaws puts Mr. Bond in the launch zone. So he's going to die when the rocket takes off. It's going to burn him to death. This is where he gets reunited with Goodhead again. Yes, indeed. So they're they're both apparently they're going to face the exhaust of the uh, exploding rocket together and that watch comes in handy as yep. they blow out and crawl through a grate to their survival yes they find a couple of costumes they steal from the moon the bright yellow costumes you're talking about they jump on the next shuttle and now we're going to space 90 minutes into the movie <sighs> we're going to space my god i was like there's a lot of moonrakers here of course 
it had a prearranged flight sequence. So I was laughing really hard. I was they like, made okay. it nice and easy for everyone. They made it super easy. They put on those hilarious yellow suits and they are going up to see what's happening in space. Luckily, they're, this. they're both very attractive. So they're not really out of place in the shuttle. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, if James Bond or Dr. Hollywood were like middling attractive, they'd be like, wait a second. Well, this is your invitation. Well, this is where they figure out what's happening too, right? Because they look at the cargo of their spaceship and they see all those pretty people. And they're like, oh, he's making a new Noah's Ark of sexy people to take yeah. up to space, right? Noah's and, sexy Ark. Yeah. <laughs> and they start arriving at Drax Space City. I actually wrote down sexy Noah's Ark. It's amazing that you just said that. I like that a lot. <laughs> yes. Um, we see a giant space station, as you mentioned. It's hidden from sensors and they dock. And as they are docking, well, first of all, we get some nice zero gravity effects. There's like a pen floating through the air oh. that someone grabs and a clipboard. But then when they go to dock... This guy floats up to ready for docking, but then he sits in a chair. Yeah. How? Just super easy. How does he sit uh, in a chair? There's no fucking gravity. They just so showed us that. This is at the point where I'm writing down all these questions. I was like, was other sci-fi stuff super popular around this time? Yes. Was the space stuff supposed to be cool and good? Because it's yes. shit. <laughs> like, it, it was, was supposed awful. to be. I was like, oh my gosh. And then... We get into Drax, like, I think this is supposed to be that actor's big moment in the movie, right? He does give a giant monologue, kind of vamps a little bit, goes over his plan. And this is where I wrote this. He's basically just space Hitler. Yeah, he starts getting into, like, kind of weird eugenic stuff where he's like, we are going to wipe out the planet. The planet is going to be started again with you people who are here. We're looking to, for you to bone and make the human race pure again. And... He wants all the animals to be fine. He's just tired of what people are doing. And I was yeah, like, it's humans that are the problem. Yeah. So <laughs> Bond and Dr. Goodhead find the radar jammer and shut it down so that Earth can now see them. They show up on sensors now. Oh, this was. Yeah. So they shut down those. And guess who's coming to the rescue? The U.S. Yeah. America. It's coming. <laughs> yes, indeed. Here comes the cavalry. Space Marines launch as Jaws finds Bond and Goodhead. Bond tries to punch Jaws again, which immediately he hurts his hand. He's punched Jaws like five different times. and It never works. Why, Why are you trying, trying to punch this immortal giant with metal teeth? So now at least he does change his strategy and he tries to knee him in the balls. And when he does, we get a giant metal clanging sound. Yeah. Apparently his is also. He's got, he's got, <laughs> yeah. He's got metal teeth and a metal dong. Like what on earth? So Drax yeah. at this point realizes what's up and then explains, explains his plan more just in case we couldn't piece it together. But Bond kind of clues Jaws into the fact that him and his new uh, German schoolgirl girlfriend wouldn't fit into this new master race because despite being uh, conventionally attractive, she has glasses and therefore must die. Yeah, she can't exist. Well, and also Jaws being oh, freakishly yeah, he's, large uh, sure. in the I mean, metal no face, one's, right? no yeah. one's saying why Jaws shouldn't be there, but yeah. he's, he's very upset about this. I do like this sort of turn. Like, I'm glad because I was rooting for love first for Jaws this whole time. So <laughs> the fact that he decides at this point to make that turn made me happy. I was like, okay, good. Yep. So he does. He turns on Drax and they're a little bit overwhelmed at this point. They're going to try and laser the U.S. spacecraft, but Bond kills the gravity, and all of a sudden, they can't shoot, because even though we saw a guy sit in a chair earlier, now he's floating out of the chair and can't reach the controls. Yeah. Once, apparently, you stopped the rotation of the space station, gravity was all gone. That's so. it. And now, and now we get the space fight, which, if you've never seen it, this has some absolutely atrocious special effects. This might be the worst two minutes in cinematography history. Like, I was... 
abhorred at what I saw in this thing. I was so yep. upset. I said, what the fuck is this? This shit is horrible. Yes, indeed. This is where I was like, Star Wars must be out right now, and they're trying to capitalize on it, and they are making the most like horrendous mockery of a Star Wars battle I have ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, so we have a bunch of guys just like floating through space in spacesuits. A lot of them are just clearly dummies. Oh, yes. We have tons of repeat shots of the same things getting blown up, the same things being shot. The laser effects are just truly awful. They My must hat's have off spent to like did this. seven minutes using a like highlighter on top of the film to oh, try God, to draw so, those lasers. So it was bad, ridiculously bad. It's the most clunky, awful action sequence, and it, it just it feels like it's lasting forever. I, you said two minutes. I felt like seventeen minutes. I feel like this added at least five, like in terms of our scorekeeping five bad points to this movie. <laughs> it's, it's That's so how awful. bad this one scene is. And I was This is this is so the laser distraught. show, my yeah. man. This is the laser oh, show for was, which we are drinking this yeah. beer. This beer is way better than that laser, I will tell you that. You way know what? Better. I don't even like IPAs and I will agree with you. This yeah, beer is so much better than that yeah. sequence. Now the US Marines get into the space station. We have more lasers being shot. Bond goes after Drax. He backs him into an airlock. Drax pulls out a laser, but Bond darts him with the watch. And then launches him out into space. Yeah, this scene was somewhat enjoyable. You knew the watch was coming because it had played such a prominent role throughout. And they'd spent so much time. What does he say when he sends him out to space? Did you write that down? I did not. I feel like it was so unmemorable. Wasn't there like him stepping out for some air or something? Yeah, I'm not sure. But I I, I laughed at what he said. And I feel like we might have to throw a quote in there. But we'll come back to that after. So Bond and Goodhead jump into Drax's shuttle to laser the bombs that have already launched. He's launched these gas containers to, you know, kill all of humanity. Except for his hot, hot people that are up in the space station. Yeah. The docking release is jammed. But Jaws, after just a lovely farewell scene disconnects them so they can float away and blow up the bombs, even though it means that Jaws is going to be stuck on the space station. Although we do see the space station start floating towards Earth. So I think there may be a way that Jaws survives, or at least it's floating around space. Him and his his German teenager may be okay. At this point, they wouldn't... Oh, God, teenager. At this point, they <laughs> I, like you can't bet money. You would be an idiot to bet money on Jaws actually being dead. Well, that's true. And I think even Goodhead says, don't worry, they'll make it, right? Like, she has... She knows. She's a doctor. She that's knows right. Oh, my God, yeah. you're right. Yeah, she's fine. <laughs> yeah. So they, they blow up all these globes. The last one was a little bit tight, and they're gliding down to Earth. Now, there's video footage in the space shuttle and the government trying to figure out what's going on because Bond isn't like responding to the communications. They cut into the video footage and they basically see Bond banging Dr. Goodhead. And this is where we get an absolutely (laughs) tremendous end line. My God, what's Bond doing? I think he's attempting re-entry, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, yes. So, and, and they build it up too. The Queen's watching, the President of the United States. Everyone's They're all watching. in there. And Everyone who could possibly and be we, offended by this we is watching. catch Bond banging Goodhead, and we know that it's not the first time. Definitely and the not. the re-entry quote Attempting is Attempting re-entry. Yeah. Hot damn. And then, as a nice little bonus, as the credits are rolling, we get a disco remake of the theme song. Yeah. Oh, my God. I really enjoyed that. That was a good moment. I mean... I laughed a lot during this movie, a yeah. lot. And I don't think most of that was intentional. I think some of it was, but uh, it, it was pretty funny. Yeah. I think we're at the point now where it's just time to rate this. I, right. Like, again, this, God damn, as a, as a Bond movie, it's kind of an embarrassment because even the very Bondy parts, the parts where there is, you know, the exotic locations, the action sequences, they are 
just born out of ridiculous premises or gaps in logic. Oh, God, yes. So for me, in terms of how bad this movie is, one to ten, it's a seven. Because you know what? It's still like they put some work into it. There are some good moments. There are some like funny moments. They clearly weren't trying to make this a serious, like gritty action movie. This is not like the Daniel Craig Bonds. This no. is this yeah. is meant to be Roger Moore's gonna kinda wink at the camera. So they they check all the, the boxes on the list of what James Bond movie should have. It's just a little too absurd for me to consider it like a good one. So it's a seven for me. Okay, so that was your bad rating. I actually I was pretty into this movie for the start of it. Some of it is ridiculous and over the top. But the space stuff for me was horrible. I think I said earlier that I added five to my bad rating because you did. of the space stuff. So Is it a 15? <laughs> <laughs> no, I give it a nine. I give it wow. a nine on bad rating. Wow. Because the space stuff was so bad. So, so bad. Um, yeah. I just, I, I couldn't stomach it. It made me, uh, yeah. And you know what? It, it, in a way, it kind of offends me that it was such an attempt to cash in on, on the Wars, popular yeah, yeah but that, like i said that's kind of a james bond move so that's our ranking 110 for how bad it is unfortunately no 10s so we are not going to have a chance for a crit crit 20 20 you would press that for every single moment of this if you could i believe i would i love the yeah, echo it's true fun. so yeah. no crit 20s this nope. week that's okay. we're going to rank it again one to ten for how enjoyable how enjoyable is this movie I laughed a lot. I think some of that was intentional. Uh, some of the humor now is potentially troubling. I think the some of the racist and sexist things that happen um, are very questionable. Um, but in terms of watching and staying engaged and laughing, I actually think that it's an eight. I also have it as an eight for enjoyable. Really? It, this you know what? Yeah. Because it, it's still it, there are things to laugh at, and at the end of the day, it's still a James Bond movie. And realistically, even the bad James Bond movies are pretty fun. Yeah, I, at least parts. I, I would recommend anybody watch this, and hopefully, after you've heard this oh podcast, my. you watch it with a very large grain of salt. Okay. But it would be, and and when you get to those sort of horrible sci-fi things, just take a couple extra drinks, and you'll get through it. Sure. Now, you, this, does this make the short list of movies that you would watch again? I'm not sure I would put it that high. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I know. There's a very short list of ones. I think we got like one and a half. Like, yeah, I you think said you'd watch Spookies. You said yeah. if someone put Face Off on and you were in a room, you wouldn't leave the I room. Wouldn't, I wouldn't leave the room. Yeah, I don't know. How about, what about the beer? Uh, Laser Show, double IPA strong. from it's Left strong. Field. It's strong for me. It's strong, but I, I really agreed. I really enjoyed it. I I, I like double IPAs, and I think that Left Field's done a really good job with this laser show. I think it fit well. I wish I had some pretzels and hot mustard to go with it. As oh, it that would be on tremendous. The um, Did you recommend that on the can? Yeah, right on the can. They have a little pairings thing, which is pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Yeah, I definitely like it. If you're in Toronto or any places where you can get a hold of Left Field Brewery stuff, please do, because it, it's excellent. Yeah, I mean... I've heard only good things. Again, this is not my particular type of beer, but here you are enjoying it. Other people told me they enjoy it a lot. So I think we got to give it points on that. Beautiful. So that's Moonraker. And next week, we're going to be taking a look at a strange and very short movie. It's The Dungeon Master. I have no idea what this is even about. Or I've never seen it. Uh, it actually right. has a second title. It's also known as Rage War. What? <laughs> 
<laughs> Does that help you at all with no, what it could be better? No, no I'm I excited. I, I, at first, I thought maybe it was Dungeons and Dragons Nest, but uh, Rage War sounds pretty. I don't think so. That, In fact, yeah. I think it is set within a computer game. So, Ooh, all right. I've never seen it. Virgin Territory next week. We'll check it out. Well, thank you so much for listening today. Absolutely. If you have not already, please follow us on Twitter or Instagram at the BMB Podcast. Beautiful. Um, and if you have suggestions for movies or beer, you can send them to us at the BMB Podcast at gmail.com. I'm Noah. I'm Cooper. And we'll see you next time on Bad Movies and Beer. Keep it spacey. But not Kevin Spacey. Oh, no, not Kevin. It's out of this world. <laughs> <laughs>